This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. Today, I wanted to talk to you about the end-to-end hiring process. So many members of the education business community are ready to start hiring, whether that be freelancers or employees, and there's a lot of questions about it. And we need help in our businesses to free up our time, to work on the things that we love to do and to bring more money into our businesses. So let's look at you know, what you need in place to hire and, and what the process is. So you might have already hired an employee or a freelancer already, but this end-to-end process that I've developed over the last seven years is going to show you might what you might have missed and maybe how you could improve it for next time if you've already done that. So I would actually map out a process that you want to follow before you begin. But here are some ideas that will help you to get started. And what I want to say is if this episode is really interesting to you and it's really helpful and you think, oh yeah, I could do with more details, then I actually do have a full hours training um, module on this, which is in um, Education Business Club, which you can just go ahead to educationbusinessclub.co.uk and join the membership and get access to that. And as part of that, um, like we've got a sample job spec and I've got um, a sample end-to-end hiring process, which you can you know, have as part of the training. Um, so that could be really useful for you. But when you're thinking about your end-to-end process, I think there are 14 elements that you need in it. So let's talk about what they are. So the first one is working out what you need. So the place to start is to work out what you really need. So you can think that you know, but unless you're asking yourself the right questions, then you're not going to come to the right solution. So for example, back in the day, I only hired resource creators and illustrators. And this was because I nailed how to do this. Well, my version of nailing it back then, but it wasn't very good. But I didn't know then. I didn't know that then. Anyway, I didn't look at the various areas of my business. I just hired more of the same, which then made the bottlenecks that I was experiencing even worse. So in some ways, I kind of defeated the object of hiring in the first place, which was not the most sensible thing to do. So number two, research. So while it's not important to focus on job roles that actually exist, and it is super important to look at what you actually need, you should still do your research on roles that are out there that might fit what you need. Just to find out what kind of roles are out there, whether or not what you need is an actual role that candidates candidates can recognize and apply for, or whether a few different roles could be rolled together, you know, normally. For example, can a designer edit a podcast episode? You know, does a graphic designer do podcast episodes as well? What is that called? Could this be a role? Uh, that you create and get good candidates for or not. And it's not that you can't advertise for a role that's very bespoke and encompasses many different skills. It's just likely to cost you more money and be much harder to find someone, which is fine. The other thing that you need to do then is put a lot more education around, you know, what the role is and what you're expecting and why it can be done. But, But do your research. Number three, is to then write the job spec and the job advert. So these two documents are pretty much the same, in my opinion. There's not much difference in the ones that we create for Classroom Secrets. 
And you can use examples from other companies, of course, um, but do make sure that your brand and your company values you know, are very clear in that um, in those documents and that they shine through. Number four is to work out your selection criteria. So do this before um, you get to anyone applying. So it's important to know how you're going to know whether you're going to take an application forward or not once someone has applied. So what standards are you actually looking for? Because it's easy to just go with your gut, but our opinions and standards easily change depending on our mood, especially if you're female, you know, because our hormones play a big part of that. So how will you know that you're coming from the same place every time that you read an application? You need to know what the rules are going to be. And number five is to come up with a task that you're going to give to candidates that you're interested in taking forward. And it's important to make sure that they have to do a task before the main interviews. And this is because you don't want to interview everyone. And the purpose of the task is to sort the wheat from the chaff, as it were. And then you'll be moving forward only with candidates who you actually feel can do the job based on the task that you've set them. So number six, you need to obviously advertise the job. So depending on the role, you could advertise a job on social media or you could look further afield to advertise a job. And it's all about who you actually want to apply for the job and what kind of role it is to help you work out where it needs to be advertised for best results. So remember, though, you know, when you put a job advert out, it is marketing. You know, it's not marketing is not just for sales. It can also be for people. And in this circumstance, you are marketing for people. Number seven, go through the applications. So a professional thing to do is to work out a date before you advertise and maybe tell applicants at the time of applying when you will process the applications. And keeping them informed makes them much less likely to think that you're ignoring their application. Um, because they might think they've been uh, unsuccessful and then go and get another job before you've had a chance to look at them. So being transparent about when you will look at the applications is really helpful. Um, Number eight, telephone interviews. So you don't have to do this step, but we do use it for a lot of roles. And, you know, you can find out how you get along on the phone and get a sense for how much they want the job, really, more than anything. Number nine, Ask them to do a task or assessment. So remember the tasks that you prepared earlier so that you could be quick off the mark and devote your time to the hiring process. Well, it's time to send that through now. And when you get it back, and you probably won't get them all back, by the way, then score them according to the selection criteria that you came up with as well. Number 10, booking the interviews. So make sure that your interviews are not weeks and weeks into the future. The process can be stressful for candidates, even though it might feel really empowering for you. But it's your job to make them feel at ease so they can do their best in the interview. And this is how you will find the best person for the job. Number 11, inform the candidates. So always tell the successful candidate first, because if they decline your offer, you might want to make sure that you can offer it to the person who was second in line if you're happy to do so. And bear in mind that, you know, you don't have to offer the job to anyone if it doesn't feel right. And that's okay as well. Number 12, you need to agree a start date. So find out how much notice they need to give in their current role and work out how long you need to get everything in order for them to be successful 
in your company, to have a successful start in your company. Number 13, you've got to apply for their references. Don't miss this step, it's really important. Find out what their current employer or previous employers have to say about them because it could stop you from making a really big mistake. And 14, the last one, is to draw up a contract. So you used to have an amount of time after um, employing a candidate to be able to give them a contract, but now new employees actually have to have signed their contract before their start date. So you may have to think about this maybe being electronic or if not, you're going to have to think about the logistics of how that will work. So there you have it. It's simple. It's a simple 14-step process, but it's not easy to get in place. There are a lot of moving parts. There is a lot to get in it right. But if you do want further help with hiring, as I said, then definitely look up that module in Education Business Club, um, which you can find at educationbusinessclub.co.uk. Uh, there's so much in there I've poured in so much because I want you to be really clued up when it comes to hiring um, in your education business and be able to know about a lot of the pitfalls that you know we've been through over the last seven years of hiring Um, so I look forward to seeing you in there if um, if that's going to be valuable to you Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.